Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Thank you for joining me here today on the podcast. I'm excited. We have another episode where we're having evangelist Dave Summerdorf um, be on the podcast today. And he's going to, um, there's a lesson that he taught at my church recently entitled, The Horses Prepared Against the Day of Battle. And what a wonderful lesson talking about some things that are very applicable to today and what's going on in our current world. And so I wanted to know, I asked him if I could use this as an episode on the podcast. He said, absolutely, get the truth out. And so I'm so thankful for that. You say, why are we doing two guest episodes right in a row? And that's because my voice has been going in and out and not able to record as I normally do. So great time to implement some guest episodes and so thankful that he would be uh, he would be willing to let me do this and use that as an episode. So we're going to listen to that episode today. I hope you enjoy it and think about it. Truly think about the truth that is being shared in today's episode. My friend, until the next episode, hey, keep looking up. And keep stirred up for the cause of Christ. Proverbs 21, the 21st proverb in verse number 31. Just want to look at a little verse here, a single verse, and it's in verse number 31. I want to just say by way of introduction that this is a message for today. It's not one that I probably will preach as much as I'll teach. Because in the topic that we're looking at tonight, every one of you has to settle in your heart how this will implement into your personal life. I'm not telling you what to do, but I want to give you a principle that I find here in Proverbs 21 and verse number 31. Notice the Spirit of God through the writer here in Proverbs says this, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. All right, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is is of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you tonight for just a wonderful privilege we have to call you Father, to know your Son as our Savior. And as we turn our attention toward this singular verse that the Lord in many ways is so applicable for the days in which we're in today. Help us, Lord, as your people to take this thought and to process it properly. I pray, Father, you'd help us to apply it to our life and our priorities and how we order our life and our service to you. And Lord, in the days in which we live, we recognize it is the last lap of time. And Lord, help us to finish well. May this little thought guide us in the race you call us to run. And we ask and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 20, 
1 and verse number 31 says, The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. I see three things here. First of all, in that verse, I see personal preparation. Notice it does say the horse is prepared. Amen? Personal preparation. I call it the principle of preparation. Do you know that principle guides every one of us tonight in almost everything we do, including the Christian walk? Oswald Chambers said it so well. I put his quote there. He says, we cannot do what only God can do. There's some things God can do that you and I can never do. We can't forgive sin, but God can forgive sin. Amen. We can't quicken a dead spirit and make it alive, but God can quicken a dead. Are you with me? We can't bring somebody back from the grave, but God can do that. There are some things that we cannot do that only God can do, but never forget the flip side of the coin. And he, that would be God, will not do what we can do. Amen. Preparation is what you and I can do. Amen? The horse does get prepared. And it's not God who does that. It's the individual in charge of the horse. Amen? And the principle of preparation is really, it's our part. And there's a lot of that in Scripture. The principle we find all through the Word of God, I picked a couple, go to Proverbs 6, and look at an example here where God gives us this principle of preparation. The planning ahead and the making of preparation, controlling what we can control, doing our part, and then trusting God to do His. In Proverbs, look with me in chapter 6, the sixth proverb here, in verse number 6, you and I are instructed to go to something, notice, part of God's creation, Proverbs 6, 6, he says, go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Well, how does the ant operate? Verse 7, which having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provideth her meat in the summer and gathereth her, gathereth her food in the harvest. Notice here we see the principle of preparation. The ant is making preparation. while there's the opportunity to do that long before that moment shows up where the need has to be met. Amen? You and I need to recognize God expects us to make preparation for some things in life. I was talking to Brother Nate today. We had lunch and, and had a wonderful time, and, and we were just discussing all different facets. And one of the things that I brought up, Brother Nate, we were just talking. I said, you know, as I look at my life, we have 12 grandchildren, 13th on the way. I'm all in for the kingdom of heaven. And in that all in, I'm looking ahead. I've always got a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, a 15-year. That's just how I am. I have plans of where I want to be spiritually, where I want my grandchildren to be. But I also recognize as I'm aging, I'm reaching that point <laughs> where I'm starting to fall apart. And I don't want to be a burden to my children or my grandchildren. I want to be able to invest in their futures. I want to be able to send them on mission trips. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying. I told Brother Nate, I said, I'm setting some little bit at monthly. I'm trying to set it to a fund that's just there for the grandkids so that when they get to those teenage years, we can invest in their spiritual future because we have the means to do that. You know, that won't just happen. You know, if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it. And that's a goal we've set to get to certain. There's all kinds of them that we have, but that's one as we look ahead. We make in preparation for the future. Amen? God put it on my heart. You say, well, you know, what if the Lord comes back before then? Well, then we're all taken care of, aren't we? 
Amen. So man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So second of all, go to Proverbs 22. I want you to just see that one in Proverbs 22. And here's another verse. We're looking at personal preparation that you'll find in that single verse we looked at. And you and I need to recognize we cannot do what only God can do, but he will not do what we can do. All right? So the principle of preparation, look in Proverbs 22. I typoed that to death on the handout. So it should be Proverbs 22 and verse 3. Look at this. It says in Proverbs 22, 3, a prudent man foreseeth the evil. He looks ahead. Amen. He foreseeth the evil and look at his response and he hideth himself. But the simple pass on and are punished. Proverbs 22, verse 3. Go to 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. Look at another principle of what we can do and God expects us to do this in 2 Timothy in chapter 2 and verse number 15. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 15. Notice the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Amen? That's your part. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, God expects you to be a student of this word. He wants you to not just read it. He wants you to study it. He wants you to rightly divide it, which tells me it can be wrongly divided. And how many cults have wrongly divided the word of God? How many men have come out with a template that you lay over the Bible and come up with some weird doctrine? The Bible doesn't need a template. You got to, it talks about itself. Amen. And you and I, our part, what we can control, what God expects us to do is to study the Word of God. Listen to what R.A. Torrey said. I pulled a quote of his just before the service tonight. Here's what he said. Oh, now R.A. Torrey was an evangelist in the 1800s. He said, oh, you may talk about power, but if you neglect the one book that God has given you as the one instrument through which he imparts and exercises his power, you will not have it. You may read many books, go to many conventions. You may have your all-night prayer meetings to pray for the power of the Holy Ghost, but unless you keep in constant and close association with the book, the Bible, you will not have power. And if you ever had it, you will not maintain it except by the daily, earnest, intense study of this book. Nine, listen to this, 99 Christians in every hundred are merely playing at Bible study. Therefore, 99 Christians in every hundred are mere weaklings when they might be giants, both in their Christian life and in their service. Isn't that powerful? That's very powerful. And so, this area, our, our, our part concerning spiritual power and growth is to study the Word of God and to be much about the book. Amen. The personal preparation is a principle of preparation and some practical applications in our daily lives. Number one, seatbelts in our car. Amen? Do you know before you get in the car, most of you put a seatbelt on? What is that? That is personal preparation. That's preparing the horse. Amen? Seatbelts in the car. How many of you, when you go out onto a lake with your children, 
Give them life vests and life jackets. Amen. No, I live by faith. Well, God, God's brought mankind to the place you put a life jacket on and that'll keep you alive a little longer too. Amen. You do those things. That's the principle of personal preparation. Amen. Nothing wrong with that. That's wisdom. That's in a practical way. You and I need to be about that. We need to be making personal preparation. But second of all, notice, go back to our verse. I see a second point. Not only do I find personal preparation, but go back to Proverbs 21 and notice with me in verse number 31, I see divine protection. In Proverbs 21, verse 31, the Bible says this, the, the horse is prepared against the day of battle, but then look at what, it, but safety, ultimate safety is of the Lord. Do you understand tonight that we do have handed to us the principle of preparation. We do need to prepare the horse against the day of battle. But ultimately, the divine protection safety is of the Lord. Do you know tonight, in spite of all that we do to be safe, the ultimate safety must be the Lord. Right. Amen? Amen? Now, David knew this well. Go to Psalm 91. I want to go to my third point. In Psalm 91, David knew this well. Listen to what he says here is, I'm sure many a battle he'd gone into, maybe some still on the horizon. And David said this in Psalm 91 and verse number two. He said, I will say of the Lord, Psalm 91, two, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Verse three of Psalm 91, surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness. We've come through that, haven't we? Nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Boy, here's a man of war and David saying this, making personal preparation, sure, but ultimately safety is of the Lord. How many of us have seen that portrait, those couple kids standing on a bridge and they're kind of one of them leaning over in the water and there's a little angel in the back. You ever see that picture where they're kind of guarding, they're watching over. And, and we know that if you're saved, God has assigned to us ministering angels to his people. And some of us keep him busier than others. Amen. But you know, that that's true. How many of you could attest to divine protection in your own life? Personally, you, you should have died. You, there's no way you should be here in some way, somehow God just, you know, divinely protected. And how many of you can speak of the divine protection of God in your children's lives and grandchildren's lives? And, and it's real. It's very real. So yes, we make per personal preparation. Yes, that's there. But ultimately we look to God for divine protection. Amen. So there's personal preparation on our part. There's divine protection from the Lord. But then I want you to flip the page because this is what I want to just focus on a little bit just in the next few minutes together. In this verse, go back to Proverbs and look with me in Proverbs, the 21st proverb in verse number 31. I see a third thing here. The Bible says the horse, Proverbs 21, 31, is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the, is of the Lord. I see not only personal preparation, that's our part, 
I see not only divine protection, that's God's part, but I see ultimate purpose in this verse. And what is the ultimate purpose that the horse is being prepared for? It's being prepared for the day of battle. Amen? That's what the preparation's for. The horse is not being prepared for rest and relaxation. The horse is not being prepared for just passing in review on, on the parade deck. Y'all with me? The horse is being prepared with a very specific purpose in mind, and the purpose is the battle. Write this down. The ultimate purpose in the preparation of the horse is one thing. It's the battle. It's the battle. Could I, could I remind you tonight, American believers, I think sometimes we forget that. We think the ultimate purpose, everything we do for the Lord, is, our, is for just socializing. Or, you know, it's just to go ahead and have a good time. You know what I'm saying? No, that's not. That's not it. Though you'll find in the local church the opportunity to worship, you'll have instruction, you'll have fellowship, exhortation. Do you know all of that is to be swallowed up and directed toward the big picture? And the big picture is this. You and I are in a battle. Right. You got to recognize that. You got to see the big picture. That's the whole reason the horse is getting prepared is for the battle. Amen. That's the singular focus. And the big picture, we wander away from pretty quickly. It's God versus Satan. It's the kingdom of light versus the kingdom of darkness. That's the big picture. It's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle, not a political battle, not a financial battle, none of that. Ephesians makes, go to Ephesians 6 and look with me there. Ephesians makes it so clear that this battle is not those things. Look in Ephesians chapter 6, and the Word of God shows us the ultimate purpose for a believer. In Ephesians chapter 6, in verse number 11, Ephesians chapter 6, and in verse number 11, the Bible says this. It says, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not, verse 12, against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You and I need to recognize that the ultimate purpose is the battle. And I think a lot of times as American believers, we forget that. We don't see that the ultimate purpose for all that we do is the spiritual battle that's taking place. Could I just remind you, we forget the ferocity and focus of our foe. You know, when we pause our activity for the Lord, Satan doesn't pause his activity against the Lord. You know, when we call a ceasefire... He doesn't. He never mutually agrees to honor our pause by pausing himself. And you look at the last year and a half in American believers, many American believers went to coast mode and we put a pause on spiritual activity. We had extra time, but we didn't use it for the Lord. 
We had extra time and we could have gone ahead and decided we'll do extra Bible reading. I know believers that didn't do that. With your extra time, we could have maybe developed some more skills or young people learning piano or learning something to use for the Lord. But that didn't happen in most of the churches I came to. I noticed with that spiritual pause we had, there wasn't extra prayer time. There wasn't the memorizing of Scripture. Y'all with me? Now, we went to pause and kind of thought Satan would too, but did you notice he didn't? Because we've lost about 20% of our people across the board and all the churches I come to, they just never came back. Yeah. You know, the ultimate purpose for the preparation of the horse is the battle. Right. And we're in a battle. And you and I need to recognize that. I wrote in the notes, and you might want to write this in, the preparing of the horse is with the battle in mind. Why the preparation? Because there is a battle. Especially in these days. Sunday morning I preached a message called the last lap of time. And do you recognize we're living in the last lap? We're going to be leaving in the last lap if we're alive and remain to the coming of Jesus Christ. But believers, I'm saying it again, don't be losing in this last lap of time. This is not the time to be losing. This is the time to be pouring it on. And that last lap is that unique lap. It, it's, it's the most intense lap. Amen? These days are getting more intense. This is the most exhausting lap. This is the most painful lap. This is when you'll be most tempted to quit serving the Lord. And it's the most distracting lap. And in many ways, it's going to be a battle, a greater battle to serve the Lord than ever before. Look at the notes because this is what I've been seeing happen. Our ultimate safety as a Christian is not to be through the avoidance of the battle. I'm going to say that again. Your ultimate safety as a believer is not to be through the avoidance of the battle. Your ultimate safety is to be through the midst of of the battle. Amen. Amen. You know, I've recognized something. There is an inherent risk in everything we do. Amen. I've had people say, well, I just never want to die in an automobile accident. Then don't drive. Amen. That's a simple one. You know, if you don't drive an automobile, if you never step foot in an automobile, you'll never die in an automobile accident. Do you understand that? That's pretty simple. You say, I never want to die in a jet crash. Well, don't ever fly. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever fly. If you never fly in a jet, you'll never die in a jet crash. Amen? You say, I never want to die in a shark attack. Don't ever go swimming. Don't, don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. I don't ever want to get struck by lightning. There's a way to just don't ever go outside. Amen. You with me? And you and I need to recognize that you say, but I don't want to die in battle. Then don't go to battle. Amen. But you understand when that horse is prepared against a day of battle, there's an inherent risk in every battle. And that is death. But that should not deter us. Amen? Our ultimate goal should to be to be 
should be to be going to war and in the battle for the Lord. I wrote this in there. I want you to fill this out. I see a new God arising in the hearts of many believers in America tonight. I've watched it throughout COVID. I've watched it through the whole thing. Here's the God I'm seeing that's rising up. It's the God of safety and self-preservation. Write that down. It's the God of safety and self-preservation. I'm watching it. I'm watching the God of safety and self-preservation rising up in American believers' hearts and taking us out of the battle. And you need to recognize that every God requires worship. And the demands that the God of safety and self-preservation put on us tonight are the same demands the gods of entertainment and sports put on us. These gods, the same gods of, of um, drugs and whatever God wants, they require you to put them first in their life. And if there's ever a clash between them and the true and living God, they want you to pick them. That's how those gods operate. And I'm watching this come up. What does the God of safety keep you from today? Does it keep you, write this in, from the battle of assembly? I'm looking at a bunch of you tonight and probably not. And, and listen, I'm not saying that there's a time that you may have to miss a service because it's wise not to be. You're with me, but you, I'm, 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 told, I'm teaching this. I want the Spirit of God to apply this to your heart. But I've watched people unnecessarily lose the battle of assembly because they're so concerned about the God of safety and self-preservation. Y'all with me? I've watched it. I'm, I'm being kind. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm, I'm, I want you to just think this through. Do you understand that live stream, praise the Lord, we've got it, and we're getting stuff going all over the world and, and so on? But let me just say this. Live stream is not the same as being assembled. The, the Bible is very clear about that. Part of my Christian faith is the requirement to assemble. Don't forsake the assembling of yourself. Listen, praise the Lord for assemblies. If your body's not assembled, that's a mess. Y'all with me? That's not cool. You know, it doesn't function too well disassembled. And let me tell you, this local church doesn't function very well disassembled. Amen. And this is the body of Christ. It, it needs to be assembled on a regular basis. This is where the, the word of God is preached and the spirit of God speaks to hearts and, and, and the, the man of God and just all of it. Church isn't something we do. It's something in our faith that we are. Now, I'm being serious, though. Rick Adams, Greater Portland Baptist, said something so humorous. Brother Rick's a great, great man of God. And he said, you know, Brother Dave, don't get me wrong. He said, I I'm glad we have the electronic opportunity to get the gospel out. But, you know, just watching church live stream rather than actually being there, he said it's kind of like kissing a picture of your wife instead of just kissing your wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not the same thing. Amen. And by the way, I've been in houses of church members when this thing was on a super hype the first month or two. And I've been in the homes and 
I'll be quite frank with you. I don't know how anybody got anything from the church service as I watched everybody tearing all over the place, getting a cup of coffee. I got to use the restroom. Kids fooling around. Y'all with me? I mean, I sat there going, oh, good grief. You got to be kidding me. Distractions by the tenfold. And I thought to myself, if the preacher ever saw what was going here, he'd probably never even want live stream. (laughs) I thought that thought. Has has the God of safety kept you from the battle of assembly? Has the God of safety, is he keeping you from the battle of service? Is the God of safety and self-preservation tonight keeping you from the battle of outreach? Praise the Lord, y'all win, and I was just delighted to hear how many went out there. Is the God of safety and personal self-preservation keeping you from the battle of self-sacrifice? Go with me. I want you to see something. 2 Samuel chapter 24. In 2 Samuel chapter 24, it's the last book in the book of Samuel. And it's in the books of the kings. It's earlier in your Bible than you think it is. The books of the kings are earlier than you think they are. But 2 Samuel, look with me. In 2 Samuel chapter 24. Now David has numbered the people. He's looking to get a number of his warriors and, and trying to find out how much power he has. In essence, he's, he's looking to his personal resources rather than to God. And God curses him for that lack of faith that David has. And so God comes to him and said, I'm giving you three choices on how I'm going to go ahead and judge you for your disobedience. David chooses the final one. He said, I'd rather fall into the hands of the living God than, than my enemies. And so it was three days of pestilence. Now, what happens is all of a sudden, in the midst of all that destruction, as God's uh, destroying David's people, he's removing his, his confidence, if you will, he pauses at the threshing floor of Aruna. And David is told, you get up there to the threshing floor of Aruna. The angel of the Lord is paused in his destruction. You get up there and give a sacrifice to end this. And so David scurries up with his entourage. And notice in verse 21, look at what's said in verse 20 of of, uh, 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 20. And Aruna looked and saw the king and his servants coming on toward him. And Aruna went out and bowed himself before the king on his face upon the ground. And look at this. And Aruna said, wherefore is my Lord the king come to his servant? David said to buy the threshing floor of thee, to build an altar unto the Lord that the plague may be stayed from the people. Look at how Aruna responds. What a class act. And Aruna said unto David, Let my lord the king take and offer what he seemeth, what seemeth good unto him. Behold, here be oxen for burnt sacrifices, threshing instruments, and other instruments of the oxen for wood. All these things did Aruna as a king give unto the king. And Aruna said unto the king, The Lord thy God accept thee. Now pause for just a moment. David's just suffered an incredible loss. And he's scurrying up here to try to stop the plague. And a man meets him. He's got the threshing floor. He's got the altar. He's got everything he needs to stop the plague. And he, as a king, offers it all free to the king. He says, I'm throwing this one in the plate for you, king. This one's on me. Now, I don't know about you, but when you and I suffer a great financial loss, we're pretty quick to go grab some finances that show up for nothing. You all with me? It must, must be the Lord, you know. David's 
suffered a loss. He's being offered something for free. Look at his response. Verse 24. You ought to circle this verse. It gets my heart every time I read it. And the king said unto Aruna, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. Wow. You know what David wanted to do? He didn't want to worship, serve, and sacrifice to his God conveniently. He wanted to worship, serve, and sacrifice sacrificially. Amen? He said, I want, I want my faith to cost me something. And isn't that when people notice? A day of convenient Christianity today. And yet everything about Christianity is sacrifice. It is. That's the spirit of our faith. Listen to how it began, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know Christianity began in sacrifice? It cost God His one and only his one and only and best. He butchered him for you and he butchered him for me. It was not a spirit of, of, of self-preservation. It was a spirit of sacrifice. Amen. But you follow that into the early church and it was the same thing. I, you just want to take notes. Just I'm just going to give them to you. I don't want to pause to look them up. But in Acts 15, 26, as men were going to be bringing a message over to the church, here's how the Spirit of God denoted these men, these godly men. They were men that had hazarded their lives for the gospel. Wow. They put their life on the line. Then in Acts 20, verse 22, Paul's getting ready to go up to Jerusalem. He's being warned, don't go there. You're going to die there. And Paul said this, neither count I my life dear unto myself. He said, I'm not only willing to go, I'm willing to die for the gospel and for my Savior. You and I need to recognize that the spirit of Christianity is not a spirit of self-preservation. It's a spirit of sacrifice. Always has and always will be. Listen to, I, I went ahead and looked up a, a couple of things. The old Moravian missionaries, I don't know if you've ever heard how they operated. They came out of Denmark, the Dutch area. Some of the very first Moravian missionaries went to the Caribbean island of St. Thomas. They went there in order to minister to the slaves on the island. And you know how they got into those slaves on the island? They sold themselves as slaves in order to get access to preach the gospel to those slaves. Wow. The Moravians had learned that the secret of loving the souls of men was found in loving the Savior of men. On October 8, 1732, a Dutch ship left Copenhagen Harbor bound for the Danish West Indies. On board were the very first two Moravian missionaries, one a carpenter, the other a potter. Both were skilled speakers ready to sell themselves into slavery to reach the slaves of West Indies. And as the slip, ship slipped away, they lifted up a cry that one day would become the rallying call for all Moravian missionaries 
May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. The Moravians' passion for souls was surpassed only by their passion for the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Amen. Hudson Taylor would call for missionaries to come, to come to China Inland Missions to go to China. You know how he went ahead and advertised this great opportunity? He said, come, there's a great need. Come, join us. You will come and join our mission work, and probably within the first two years, you will die. But you will die knowing you've led at least one Chinese person to the Lord and knowing that the gospel will go far beyond you for years to come. Wow, could you imagine trying to recruit American believers to that cause today? The God of safety and self-preservation is robbing us of our power in our strength. Listen to this. Romanian believers, I was a year and a half ago pat, preaching for a pastor named Corey Mears in Washington State. Some, some Romanian believers were attending the church. They'd been saved for a number of years and they had joined that work. And I remember as we were talking with them, they looked around at all that was going in American churches and they couldn't believe it. They said, we don't get it. He said, why are you closing your churches because of the possibility of getting sick and maybe dying? They were, they were talking to me. They said, we don't get you Americans. We don't understand it. You see, what you don't understand is under Romanian rule, they said, every time we went to church, it was a death sentence. It was guaranteed that if we got caught, we would probably go to jail and possibly die. And we don't understand this spirit of self-preservation. For we, we were proud to be counted with Jesus Christ. Isn't that, isn't that interesting where we change? Now listen, I, maybe I'm preaching a little, but I'm just, and don't look at me weird. I've lost some friends to COVID. There's some people here in Florida that died, good friends, four years younger than me. Y'all with me? Amen. There is personal preparation, Okay but it's never at the expense of the battle. It's because of the battle. You don't ever sacrifice the battle for the God of safety and self-preservation. All right, you, you need to just process this. I'm, I'm, there's no way I'm going to tell you what you need to do if you're not feeling well. Y'all with me? Because there is a time that you need to say, hey, that's, I need to just give people a pause for a week. I don't want to hurt somebody. You with me? But that should be this rare exception. It should never be your perpetual habit. Don't let the God of safety and self-preservation rob you from everything God wants you to be involved in. Amen? You know, Hebrews tells us that when you and I got saved, Jesus delivered us from something. He delivered us from the bondage of the fear of death. That's what it says in Hebrews 2.15. He says, He delivered them who all their life were in bondage to the fear of death. Amen? Hey, for me to live is Christ. To die for me is Cain. Amen? Do you really believe that? 
Spurgeon said it this way. He said, someone one day, or someone has asked, will the heathen who have never heard the gospel be saved? Spurgeon said, it is more a question with me whether we who have the gospel and fail to give it to those who have not can be saved. Isn't that powerful? James Calvert went to the, as a missionary to the cannibals of the Fijian Islands. The ship captain tried to turn him back, saying, You will lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go among such savages. To that, Calvert simply replied, We died before we came here. Amen? And so as we look at this, I need to just, just cap it for you. There is a principle of preparation you find in Proverbs 21. Go there with me. The horse is prepared against the day of battle, and you and I need to be about doing what we can do to make a difference. But second of all, in that thought of personal preparation and the principle of it, recognize there's divine protection as well. I want to just say this, COVID or whatever pestilence comes along in time, you understand that you have an appointment with death. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. And you understand COVID isn't going to hasten it and COVID isn't going to slow it down. When that appointment comes with or without COVID, you're gone. Amen. And so rest in that appointment. God knows the hour and the day. There's personal preparation. There's divine protection. But never forget, the horse is prepared against the day of battle. Your and my ultimate purpose is to die to self and live for the Savior. And do not let the God of safety and self-preservation rob you of what God wants you to do for Him. Amen? The horse is prepared against the day of battle, but safety is of the Lord. I wrote in my notes to close it out. You know, all men do die. Amen. All men and women die eventually. Some have the privilege to die for a king. And some have the privilege to die for the king. Amen. You cannot keep yourself alive forever. And Jim Elliott said this, he is no fool what gives up what he can never keep to gain what he can never lose. Please, please, please go ahead and take this message and ask yourself the question, what spiritual activity in my life is being unnecessarily sacrificed on the altar of safety and self-preservation? Don't let that God be the God who controls your life. Let the true and living God be the one that controls you in every aspect. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this little thought. And I pray you'd help us to apply it. Lord, I've suffered.